You all should know by now, in every episode, we talk about what are you watching? Well, we want to know what you're watching. Comment on whatever platform you're watching this or listening to this on. Email us at unapologetic, A-N-D-F-R-E-E, 2021 at gmail.com. We need some new ideas on shows and we want to know what are you watching? So welcome to Unapologetic and Free. We are sisters by blood and friends by choice. We are excited to be back, right? It's been a minute. Uh, we haven't had a session in a while. And so again, we're just grateful to be back with you all and be able to discuss this topic that we're going to discuss today. But y'all know what we do first. We always open with what are you watching? And so what we like to do as our guest, we have a guest on with us today. His name is Robert Bell. And we want to give you an opportunity to tell us what are you watching? Um, lately, what have I been watching? See, I'm not a big TV person, so I got to give you like a podcast or something that I've been watching. I've been watching a lot. I, love, I watch a lot of comedy, so I like watch Chocolate Sundays and stuff like that on YouTube. I like Black Ron. He's funny. Um, and he's from the same neighborhood I'm from, so that's pretty cool. So a lot of Black Ron and a lot of comedy, a lot of Cat Williams. Okay. I watch Mike Epps' new special. That was, that's something I've been watching. I've been watching Mike Epps' new special. Is that the one that's on Netflix? It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. It's in um, Indiana, I think. Okay. So I'm not really a YouTube watcher for shows. Like, I'll look for videos. And when I do podcasts, I listen to them. I don't usually um, watch the podcast at all. But that's cool. I have to just kind of look out for that. I'm bad. I watch a lot of TV when I have time. So it's like when I have time, then part of my self-care is that I just binge watch and I just watch TV. And so I'm going to go ahead and tell on myself one of the most recent things that I have been watching that I'm very interested in is season two of BMF just released like maybe a week, two weeks ago. So that's really what I've been watching as far as kind of something new from when we always share, like I typically share those same shows, but this is just one that I have been watching since it came back on with the new season. And I watch it on Hulu, but I think it's through stars though. BMF is available on stars. It's on on stars. But I watch through Hulu. Charnay, you're up. I am watching, I have started re-watching the Boondocks. So (laughs) season one, and that is on HBO Max. So it has all four seasons. So I've actually started re-watching that. Um, but I also have some other shows that I watch. I watch The Rookie Fed. I watch that. And then I watch The Rookie. And then is it next month that Snowfall is supposed to start back yes. up? Yes. Next yes. So we're I want to give a little background information on what our topic is today, just so we can kind of know how we got here. Uh, we always like to cut and a lot of times for y'all who don't know, we created this show because my sister and I pretty much talk every day. And a lot of times on these conversations, we have like some deep conversations and we're like, man, we need to put that on. We need to put that on. So this is one of the topics that has just continued to come up. And so we're going to be, for the most part, talking about the responsibility of adult children to take care of their parents and then vice versa. What's that responsibility of the adult children of the parents to take care of their adult children, right? So we're going to look at both of those and just kind of get a feel for what our thoughts are, what we feel the responsibility is. Now, the disclaimer is that it's no right or wrong. Like everybody's situation is going to be different. So we don't come on here to say, this is the right way. This is the wrong way. This is an open discussion, right? That we're going to have to just be able to just talk about it and see what we can come up with. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, Mostly for the fact of, you know, there's some things going on in my sister and I life. A lot of things are going on in different people's lives as it relates to parents, as it relates to having adult children. And so, again, that's what caused us to want to kind of talk about this topic today. 
And the cool thing too is that we went to social media and did a post. And so we'll have some comments that people um, made on a social media post that we'll be interjecting into the episode as well. Yes, I'm excited. All right, about so that. let's get started. All right. So I as we always do, we do research and things. And so the topic is responsibility of adult children to care for parents, okay? So I, in my research, I wanted to know if there was any type of laws or anything that said that adult children had to take care of their parents. So something did come up. What does the law say? So it's the filial responsibility laws. Impose a duty usually upon adult children for the support of their impoverished parents or other relatives. In some cases, the duty is extended to other relatives too. Now, this law is in 28 of the 50 states. It's not in Texas. Okay. <laughs> okay, so it's not in Texas, but it is in Nevada. And Lakia and I are from Nevada. So our, we have elderly parents that are still in Nevada. So this law would apply to us because our parents reside in Nevada. So what do you two think about that? Um, I think that I think that morally, um, you should want to take care of your parents. You know what I mean? Like just in, in space or time of need in general, the fight or flight and you should make you especially with your parents want to take care of them. Do I think it should be a requirement or a law, I don't know because of the fact that you shouldn't have to. What in the world? Okay, you shouldn't have to tell somebody. You shouldn't have to make it a law or make it force that somebody does that. Somebody morally should be like, "This is my mother. She birthed me, or this is my father. He birthed me, took care of me. I want to take care of them when they're time of need because they did that for me." That's my. That's my experience. Okay. I think it's interesting that there is an actual law. It never even occurred to me to even see if there was such a thing, right? Because I'm my initial thoughts are like, how do you make that a law? Like what? I mean, I would at a later date like to do a little more research. I don't know how much you got, but like what specific things in the law would I be required to do? Like, do I have to, you know, pay for certain things? Do I like, what does that law say of outside of imposed duty, right? Because like Robert said, it should be a moral obligation, but when you say duty, that means now I'm required. It's almost like he said in a requirement that I'm required to. And and again, all intents purposes, I do believe in that moral responsibility. I feel like any time that a law is put in place is because something was broken in that particular state where they found it to be an ongoing issue, and somebody came along and said, "Hey." It's a, it would be a great idea that we just put this law in place. My question, too, would be who's enforcing that law? Right. And so I didn't do a deep dive into it, but that would definitely be something because I'm sitting here and I'm looking at the states, but it's Alaska, Arkansas, California, Connecticut, Delaware, Georgia, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Mississippi, Montana, Nevada, New Hampshire, New Jersey, North Carolina, North Dakota, Ohio, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Rhode Island, South Dakota, Tennessee, Utah, Vermont, Virginia, and West Virginia. But there's countries that also has this. So it's Bangladesh, China, India, Germany, France, Taiwan, and Singapore have their own versions of this law. So I also noticed in there that you said impoverished parents. So then that that puts a distinction on is not just all parents. They have to meet a certain criteria. So back to that question about how it's enforced is probably going to be based on whether the parent meets that criteria of impoverished or not. Right. Assuming that they're not able to do it for themselves. Right. And so, again, the duty, law, responsibility, moral responsibility to say, to help um, provide support. But then in some cases, it's extended to other relatives. I would be 
very curious to know like what other relatives right like aunts uncles grandparents right maybe those other relatives or grandparents but again we could go down a rabbit hole and never find the end so <laughs> that's, now, that's very interesting on because it said um there was a comment on the social media right because i talked about different countries and the person said something about cultural Okay, yes. So let me see what that individual said as it relates to just the cultural piece of it. Um, all right, so one individual said, it may be because I'm Hispanic. So this person is saying they're Hispanic, but we keep our people in our home, rarely ever deal with nursing homes either. I think it is likely cultural but I feel strongly about this myself, even on my mom's side. My grandparents live next door to her and she's managing their meds and appointments, but tries to let them be independent as long as they can. So again, it might, like you said, based on culture, different cultures have different practices and different things that um, they believe in outside of needing any kind of laws, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're talking about that, right? Should children take care of their elderly parents? So I'm just gonna say, Again, I feel like if I'm able to, right? Because I have to assume that I've got to be able to take care of myself first in order to be able to have that responsibility to take care of my parents. So if I am in a position that I'm able to take care of myself, then yes, I feel like the child should have that responsibility to take care of the parent if they are unable, right? Meaning they can't pay their bills or, you know, and that support might look like moving them with me. Meaning if I'm not able to support two households, right? Then I would look at ways of maybe bringing that elderly parent to live with me, even if I live in the state. Now, in our case, we live out of state, but even if I live in the state, I would consider that. But I feel like, yes, I'm going to do whatever I can within reason and without interrupting my flow of my house because I have a family, a husband and children that I have to take care of to make sure I take care of my parents. Okay. So, to, so that question was, should children take care of their elderly parents? Do we agree or disagree? And so I'm saying I agree as much as you're able, you should take care of your adult elderly parent. I agree. Also, okay. So moving on. So we agreed. Everybody agrees that we should take care of our elderly parents if we are in a. Not. I don't want to say if we are in a position, but you know, if we need to or we are in a position, yeah, we should take care of them. Okay. Now, with that responsibility, you touched on something like moving them into the house. Or like the person who um, made a comment, she said that her grandparents stay next to her parents and they assist in that way, right? Mm -hmm. It comes into cost. Like how much does that cost? And what does that look like? So in my research, I was seeing cost, okay? And so it said cost of care. So it could be home modification, home maintenance, home utilities, food and hygiene, medications, and in-home care. So that's what the cost would be associated with either moving your parent in or allowing your parent to still maintain um, their household if they're able to, but then you may just be an overseer, you know, making sure that you're that they're taking their medication, making sure that their bills and stuff are paid. Agree or disagree? I agree to an extent. I think that if someone cannot do completely, then yes, I agree. I think that as like a child, I think it's as once you're someone's child, I think you have the responsibility to step in to provide if they, there's no one else that can do that. If there's no other needs to do it or there's no other means to do it, that person's a part of your mother, your father, your part of your household at that point as well, just in the same way as your child. Um, but if they can do, if it's small I, and it's just like, okay, to the point of like weakness or something like that, then that's different. But if it's not small, it's just like, okay, getting back in the groove, support during getting back into, into the rhythm of stuff is needed always because 
you never know. Like somebody literally going back to work after being doing or doing something, that's going to be a stress. Getting back into that groove and the stress of everything dealing with workload and all that, everything dealing with that, support dealing with that is necessary. And always, you know, being someone's backbone and being someone's like neck, if they need to fall, is important and during time like that. But after someone is, is good, then they're good. You know what I mean? So I feel like at that point, letting them be able to do what they need to do and then it's kind of being, like you said, an overseer and making sure everything is being done in that way is what it needs to be necessary. So agreeing to an extent. When I think about the cost, right, I'm thinking about what am I paying for? So I want to know what am I paying? Am I paying for basic needs, right? Like rent? Am I paying for the utilities to be able to keep the lights on? Am I paying for food, right? Um, outside of those things, like that's the support that we're talking about, meaning being able to provide support, right? So again, depending on the situation, the cost of it, we I would want to look at ways to see it, are these needs versus wants? Because I feel like too, a lot of times when parents, we're talking about, oh, supporting parents, but my parent, my and I'm not saying this, I'm giving scenarios, right? I'm just saying my parent might want me to help them pay their credit card bills, but credit card bills aren't a necessity, right? Versus being able to help them pay a bill for their, you know, like I said, mortgage or for their, to keep the lights on or sending them money to support them getting food. But then what happens when you're doing that and then your parents aren't spending it wisely, right? They're, they're going gambling. Let's say that. What if you, you're, 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 you're trying to provide the support for your family and then you find out the money that you were sending, they've been gambling with it. Now okay. what's our responsibility? Now my responsibility is hand me your bills and I'm going to pay for them myself because you can't be trusted for me to send you the money. So now it's kind of the roles reverse. Now the parent becomes a child and the child becomes the parent. Because obviously you're not making, you're not capable to make good choices. So now I have to make sure that the stuff is getting paid. I agree. And I think that's too, and that is like one of the toughest things I think to do. Putting yourself in that mindset that, okay, at this point I have to be what this person was to me, to them. Mm -hmm. I have to basically step in for them and allow them to understand that I cannot allow you to do this. And sometimes that that's a, that's a lot of hard and difficult conversations. It's a lot of difficult mm -hmm. things to say. And you have to be really real and take away the fact that this is this authority of person. Like you have to literally be like, this is not my mama. This is not my dad. This is somebody at this point that has stole money from me. And they need to know the fact that they cannot do this. And they need to stop doing this for them and for me. Right. So, that's very important. Right. <laughs> now, what happens when again? So maybe it's a. a what I wanted to say is a codependency thing, meaning the parent is just relying on the kid to just do things because they don't want to do it themselves, or I don't know, like because I don't have any personal experience with it, where I've been in a position where I had to where a, a parent wasn't doing something and I had to step in and do it, right? Like for the most part, we can say our mom is really good. She does the best. I mean, she she's going to do what she can. She manages the money, right? And so I can't really say that there I have any experience. So I don't know like what I would really do, right? We always talk about what you think you would do. But when that situation really happens, what you really don't know what you're going to do if you had to be the one saying, okay, no, I got to pay these bills or, you know, you just know that it's a mismanagement of money. That's what I want to really get some feedback on when it's a clear mismanagement of money. When does can or is it OK or how do we feel about the adult being able to say, well, then, no, I'm not going to keep sending you money. Right. Like because here's the thing, you could even pay their bills directly. Right. But they still have money coming in that they're mismanaging. But now you're expected to keep paying their bills because they're not managing their money. Now, now what's the responsibility? So the point of that, from personal experience completely, the point of that is more the conversation becomes, okay, let's be honest. How much is coming in? Once I see the base amount of how much is coming in, 
and the bills next to each other, if things do not add up, now we have to find the medium of how much money needs to be made and how much needs to be came up. That's where it gets a little bit different because I know when my mother, before I even had stepped in for real, um, she had asked for help and I was a big, big I was a very, 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 very big supporter of that because we come and as people of color and people, black people especially, we like to be on our leg, on our last leg, losing our legs, losing our knees. <laughs> we don't have no limbs no more, and crawling, doing the worm, trying to get to safety. And we're like, okay, when are you gonna ask for help? And it's like, I'm okay. We're, we're watching you sink. So just putting the pride aside to do that, and the pride aside to say I don't have it, I don't have it. All that is just a thing of growth, and you can see it from the start of this to the start of that. It just depends on what parents you're dealing with or who you're dealing with, honestly. But it's a lot of pride that has to be put aside. You have to be very vulnerable. And that was my words. Very, very vulnerable. Very good point. That is a very yeah. good point. Because, <laughs> because that is true, right? Getting to that point where you can ask for help. And I like what you said about being able to say, okay, what's coming in? What's going out? If it's not adding up, then okay. And we've had those conversations with our mother personally yes, where yeah. we're like, okay, yes, mom, yeah. you got this, 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 and this. And, and you know, and, and not that we're parenting her, but we're saying, hey, some of this stuff has to go. Like, you, you can't keep this and this. Like, we got to make a decision, right? <laughs> and like Robert said, those hard conversations, hard again, conversations. of having to say, like, come on, we, we can't do this. This this isn't going to work. And then once you've had those conversations, right, and we've, and then whatever happens after that, I feel like that takes the responsibility off of me now. I had the conversation with you. We, we talked about it. We looked at it. I said, hey, you need to cut this, this, this. If you choose to keep it, now it's not a matter of me not supporting you anymore because now we've had the conversation and you're choosing to do these things. And so, again, I've done my responsibility as right to be able to bring I, that to your attention. I agree. And then it's kind of like, you know, oh, you, you, you 73 years old talking about my credit. What credit? At, at that point, like we got to make some decisions. Right. And, you know, the thing is, too, and I have a. You know, it's just hard when people are on fixed incomes, right? Because the reality is a lot of times that it's just not enough. And that's the reality of it. It's just not enough. And so we do what we can. I do what I can because of that fixed income. But I also want to add another aspect on this. What what happens when you have those two separate parents, right? Like in our case, our parents are separate. They So now we have mom over here, dad over here. Now we've got step parent now what's that responsibility look like is it just my responsibility to take care of my biological mother and father or now do we have to is there any responsibility or obligation to extend that to you know their spouses i think it depends on the situation with the spouse like if they have children or they have well, if they have children, because now we're, we're talking about the responsibility of adult children for, for parents. And I know I we talked me, about cost. Go ahead, Robert. I think for me, in my case, it's so crazy. But in my case, my grandmother that I grew up as with my grandmother came. She was my adopted grandmother. I didn't know that until I got older. And I just never, it never really faced me. Like, I was always like, I never actually meet my real grandmother at that point. I'm sure she's either long gone or somewhere somewhere not thinking nothing about this. So I wound up meeting my actual grandfather after my grandmother had passed away, exactly a year after she had started declining. So for me, I never thought of it even after I found out, like, of like oh, it's like my responsibility to take care of her. She had dementia. And so when I got to, like, being 10 and 11 and, 12 before we wound up having to move her into her song. She was declining a little bit, but it was like, okay, she can still do for herself just having to monitor. She's taking her medicine and how much water she drinks. She's staying healthy, actually getting up and doing stuff, all that. But I never really thought of it as like a thing of, oh, well, this isn't my blood. I can't, I don't have to do this anymore. And I know for myself, dealing with my girlfriend, even now, Shoot, it's been times when she didn't been over here. My mom didn't start having a cramp or just started, like, you know, getting cold or something like that. Or, like, you know, she 
after like five o'clock, she had taken her medicine. There's a decline. Like there's a drop in like energy. Her energy goes low and she gets really, really cold. And she like, you know what I mean? You could tell she was like really hidden. And it's been literally, she'll be over here and that'll be going on. And she'll be trying to find blankets and warming up stuff and trying to get her food and all that. So it just really depends on the situation. I do think that, but I also think that depending on the love you have for the person depends mm-hmm. on how much you can do, I feel like. I agree. I agree. You said it very well, because again, depending on the relationship, like Sharnay said, like you wouldn't even think about it. It would just be either automatic. And that's real talk that goes both ways, depending on the relationship. (laughs) It could be either a no, you on your own, or it could be, like you said, not even think about it. And you're just going to jump in there and do it. But you also mentioned something about the nursing home. And so I wanted to touch on it because I know you talked about cost. And so I looked up, right, like in the in the case where if you wanted to put your elderly parent, let's say they needed to be in a nursing home. Right. And so I looked up just standard costs of nursing homes. And for me, this one just came up. It just happened to be in Las Vegas, Nevada. Again, that's where our mom is. But so it says nursing homes in Las Vegas typically cost between four thousand and six thousand dollars per month. Per month per month then if you want a luxurious nursing home you're gonna pay ten thousand per month so think about that from an aspect of just paying somebody's rent and utilities versus to put them in a nursing home literally it's between four thousand to six thousand per month So then I said, okay, well, what if they don't need a nursing home, right? What if they in good health and they just maybe let's look at some assisted living, right? Because the thing is, we want to move them into maybe a smaller space where it's assisted living. That was between like three. It was between two thousand to six thousand monthly. Again, depending on the fanciness of the assisted living still per month. Now, you know, when you do research, they're going to give you the extreme. But even think about that. But keep in mind, when you're doing that, it's supposed to be all inclusive. So like an assisted living, if it's two thousand a month, then that's covering everything. Water, gas, food, shelter, all of those things is going to be lumped up into that one price. Right. And then you got to look at is the nursing homes or the assisted. Are they even really taking care of my family? There's no way to know that. Right. Outside of how much it costs, then you got to make sure that they really get in the quality care and all of those things. And so, I mean, again, depending on your financial situation, in most cases, and again, just speaking for me, and just speaking for me, it just would be cheaper and realistic and more to to move them in and give them a room in my house and, and let's do what we can and work together and get along because, you know, if I'm in a position to do that, um, so, yeah, I, I just thought that that was very interesting on just those prices of the nursing home versus the um, assisted living. And I think there's another aspect into that, too, that people don't look at dealing with nursing homes that I saw a lot with my grandmother. Her roommate, oh, my God, her roommate's family never came to see her. And they didn't call. They wouldn't check on her. And the woman was paralyzed. So all she could really move was like really her shoulder area. All the, she couldn't feel anything on her abdomen, her legs, all of that. So she was always in the bed. My grandmother at the time, she wasn't paralyzed. She ate and could do all that. She just couldn't walk. She got too weak to walk. So we would be in there, and the woman literally. I remember one time she was like, they told her, they told um, us that you couldn't come by yourself to see your grandmother, and trying to tell me to leave to the point to where it's an argument going on and all of this. So the emotion, the emotional toll of Nursing homes is that what people wind up not looking at because a lot of times, even with the family, man, you don't really know ever if somebody's taking care of your family for it. Unless somebody is related to one of the workers, unless this is my cousin and she for real my cousin, like first cousin, not not third, fourth removed. Or play cousin. cousin. <laughs> yeah. But it's my this my this my Negro cousin. This my Negro cousin. Like, we kind of cousins. But yeah, like somebody, you got to have a real eye or really be in there every day to really know that too. And that's such a, whew, would not, would not recommend, honestly. Because even as you're saying that too, like in this whole conversation, we're thinking about, again, because our parents are in a whole other state, 
like even when they're just sick in the hospital, right? Like we're not able to physically go there and see them, right? And so we call like, you know, we call and we try to talk, but even that, like the responsibility of when you don't even live in the same state with your parents, then what, you know, it's only so much we can do. And, you know, we're trying to reach out to networks of people there and see if we can get, but again, when you're not there to your point, it's a whole lot that we just are not able to know or see because we're not there to physically lay our eyes on and see what's really going on. So good point. Anything else before we move on? Because we want to flip it if everybody's comfortable and we want to talk about now the responsibility that parents should have to take care of their adult children. So I'm saying right now I have an adult child. So what's my responsibility as a parent to take care of my adult child and support and what support am I obligated for? So I'll let someone else start as far as what do you think? So I have two adult children. So I, I do what I can. You know, when they call me and they need something, if I can do it, I, you know, I try to help out the best I can or whatever. I know that my children, they are, like Robert said, that pride, I'm the last person that they're calling. They trying to do everything they can to get it from somebody else before they call me. And then when they do call me, you know, they'll, They'll say, oh, mom, can I borrow? Now, you know you ain't about to pay it back. So you might as well not, let's not even go there because you're not even in, I know your situation and I know you're not in a situation to where you're going to be able to pay it back to me. So I'm just going to give it to you, you know? Um, and it's not very often, but then sometimes it is, it does feel like it's often and then I have to have that conversation like, Okay, what are you doing with your money? Like, what's what's going on? What's happening? Why are you doing this? You know, you need to cut some stuff off. Or, you know, you don't have to have the latest model of phone. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to have all the bells and whistles. You better go to Metro PCS where it's uh, <laughs> unlimited for $50 a month. You don't have to have AT&T, you know? So it's like, where are your priorities, you know? And so if I feel like it's becoming, I'm going to have to say, no, I can't. You'll be all right. And so I, I can agree that that it, it is okay to a certain extent, right? Like to be able to help your kids, especially if they're doing for themselves, right? If they're trying, right? That's the thing. You're trying, you're trying to work or you have a job and you know, because again, life happens. I've been there. I've been a single parent where I've I've been short on bills many a times and, and needed to call as an adult. I needed to call upon my parents to get help. So I know what that's like. I know, though, that in those times, am I going to say that there weren't times that I just straight mismanaged the money? Absolutely. And, and needed it. Right. There's been times. Right. So, yes, I agree that you should to a certain extent, especially when the kids are trying. Like I said, they're working, they're doing the best they can. And it's not a continual thing, right? It's not every week, every month you calling me and asking me for this, that or the other. Because, again, then it's a conversation we have to have. Now, I can say to this point, I'm I'm grateful and blessed to say that I don't have any personal experience with that. I've I haven't had to even have that phone call. Like my adult daughter's never called and said, Hey, can you give me this? I can, I don't think, and, and maybe she'll watch this and she'll know, but sure. I don't think I've ever even reached out to her and said, Hey, can you help me with this bill? Part of it goes back to what Robert said about pride. Like that would, that would have been the last resort. And I never still didn't do it right. To be able to ask my adult child, like, Hey, this is going on. Can you help me with this, that, or the other? Not that I can recall, but definitely I feel like to a certain extent, it's okay. Now, what I have a problem with is when the children are not working, they living with the parents, they're not trying. So parents not teach, trying to teach them no kind of life skills. Cause I believe to a certain extent, right? If you're an adult and you're living with me, you don't just move out cause you're 18. That happened to me. I felt like we were just said, it's 18. You got to go. I wasn't ready. Aside from the fact that I had had a job and I knew what it was like to make my own money, I wasn't ready to live on my own. 
I didn't know how to balance a checkbook. Like I wasn't ready, but I was just told, hey, you're 18, you got to go. So I'm one of those parents who feel like had I been in a position, and even now I have a teenage son, that he can stay. It's not this 18 and you're out, especially if he's not ready to go. And, and you know what I'm saying? So I, I'm okay with that, but it's got to be a give and take, right? You can't just be a freeloader. You can't just be here sucking up all my energy and all my power, eating up all my food, and you ain't trying to do nothing for yourself. Not so wasn't there somebody in the comments that said something? Yes, I'm getting, yep, I'm getting, uh, pulling it up. So if somebody else wants to agree or disagree, then I can pull that up. And we can talk about. I agree. I, uh, as a as a adult child, I think that I don't know. I feel like to an extent, if it's kind of the same way as like dealing with an elderly parent in a way, if a child can't you know do for themselves, or there's something going on where they need to calm down, they need time to just breathe, or there's something going on, and there can be support. Yes there needs to be because I think a lot of times people don't think about how big of a transition high school to adulthood is like that's a humongous transition you go from man I went to a school first of all off school I was already known in my neighborhood I'm already still known in my neighborhood I've always lived here I have never moved out of Oak Cliff so I'm already known here riding around in high school and riding around as an adult is two different things dealing with that and then in high school, I was one of the most popular per people in high school. So I go from being one of the most popular people in high school just for a minute being regular Joe off the street. That's a humongous transition. And I think that a lot of times that stuckness of like not knowing what to do at all as a child, that's a grace period that I think should be given by parents because I think that like there's a moment not during the summer. The summer after you graduate, most likely you're going to do either something stupid or you're <laughs> going to have a whole bunch of fun and wind up doing something stupid. So that's just, a, that's not even a grace period. That's just long. We all know that. But <laughs> that like August, September, October moment, being in school, working, not being in school, whatever happens, that grace period of like until like December to just figure out what you got going on. And you don't have to fully fund someone's life. That's not, that's not logical, but you know, just being like, I got you. Okay. You need, you need 40. Okay. Let me, let me send it to you like that. And, 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 you know, obviously not all the time, but just spacing out with that, that I feel like is necessary. So I agree and I disagree. It just depends on the situation. Again, I feel like, you know, it's just all of that is situational. I agree. I agree. So, one of the comments was adulthood is demonstrated, not at, at an age. My 22 year old is still home learning life skills so that when she's ready, my role to help exemplify, um, nurture, cultivate and support so she doesn't have to return. She has her responsibilities here though. So there's responsibilities at home they have to do, but 21 still here because they're learning. I feel like it's what you're saying, right? That grace period. So this parent is giving their child that grace period to stay home and do what they have to do and to learn. Right now, another person said, I don't really feel that it should be based on age. So I the question was about age because I was trying to distinguish adults because, again, I don't feel like 18 just because the law says 18 is an adult. I don't feel I like agree. 18 is an adult. So I said 21, like if you're a 21 yeah. year old, right, is still living or still living at home or what's that responsibility? So I have so a question. I have a question. I have a mm -hmm. question because y'all are all, y'all are both parents. Do you feel like that can vary depending on what that child has been through? Because I feel like maturity comes in a lot when it has to come in. Like when you, when, when, when it all hits the fan and it's like, oh, well, hold on. Am I the only option? Like, am I the only person that, that can do something about it? That maturity makes you kind of Gives you that, like, you know, that kind of like your hair on your chest a little bit. Of like, <laughs> like, kind of dipping your feet in the water, or like being not grown, but having those, like, grown decisions and grown things. Because I felt like when I turned 18, I was a full-grown man already. I already had felt like I had been through so much. And I already had dealt with a lot of stuff. I already knew what paying the bill was. I already knew what cooking and cleaning a full house was. I already knew what all that was. And I had already been by myself at the house all day so it wasn't really a thing where i was like oh well i gotta snap into adulthood it was more like i gotta snap into 
the stress of adulthood. That was the difference for me. But I also I do agree the fact that 21 makes more sense because I feel like just logically 18 years old is is very hard to make very logical decisions. A lot of your brain is going to be my brain goes from one place to the other a lot. There's so much possibility. So. Yeah, and I let agree. me just add on there that research already shows. I teach a class that research shows brain development. Your brain does not even fully develop until age 25. So. Okay. And that leads me to say that you can legally still be on your parents' insurance until you're 25. So I, I believe that 25 is the age where you are an adult. And you should be held fully accountable for all, meaning up until 25, I'm st as a parent, I'm still okay with supporting you, providing support where you need it. But then after 25, or do we feel like no matter what age, it's always going to be open or should be open for parents to support their kids. As a, as a, as a child, I would be so mad in my mama if she was trying to support me at 25 or 26, I'd be like, Bro, <laughs> please, I would rather, I would rather be in the motel. Don't, don't give me no money. Let, let me sit here. Cause I feel like at 20 at, I feel like at 25, the age of cutoff really, it really probably varies from, Honestly, it probably varies dealing with gender and dealing with how close you are to your parent. Honestly, because if you got like one of those relationships in this same gender, like, oh, it's my dad and I'm his son, you know what I mean? I'm I'm a son, we just close enough to where I can be here. And he always gonna support you, that's different. Same with mama and daughter. But mama is gonna be harder than a son every time. Even she gonna coddle for a little bit once she see the fact that he's relying on it, he's kind of laying on her, she's gonna be like, Whoa, whoa, partner, we you know what I mean, we can't do that. So I feel like for me, I feel like 22, 23, 22, let me figure it out. Let me figure it out. Let me fall and let me bump my head and let me figure, let me do everything I need to do to be grown <laughs> by myself. But then I also feel like, like what he's saying, <clears throat> as a parent, you should be preparing them to leave. You know, it shouldn't be yeah, 25, but like you said, you should be preparing them, even if it means, okay, them putting a bill in their name and they're responsible for paying their cell phone bill. Or if they have a car, they're responsible for paying their car insurance. So you should be prepping them and preparing them to be able to move out. If it's them saving money, okay, you need to be putting so much money up. So when you do move out, you got down payment for your uh, whatever if you choose to go into a, an apartment rent a house or whatever you got right deposit first month i mean deposit last month first month whatever you able to fully furnish the place or whatever or and then you also should have at least what they say three months of rent saved or whatever right so they have some you should be preparing them to move out. Right. So I agree in a perfect world and in a perfect scenario, that's the ideal situation, right? But like Robert was saying, depending on how each person grew up, right? Like if he was had to do certain things sooner than others, then again, those things are going to be different. But I do want to read this. That's kind of lengthy. So I'm going to try to skim through it, but it's showing two different aspects. So it says, this person said, I, I left home at 15. When I came back at 18, I was working a full-time job, paid my dad rent. He stopped supporting me because he became my landlord. Now, over the years, he would help occasionally if the need arose. But to her, she could not just justify her dad giving her his hard-earned money to support her financially on a regular basis. That pride, right? Like, I got too much pride to just let you, right? So then the flip of that is, she said, on the other hand, her sister never understood that concept and still received regular financial support from their dad until he passed away. And she was 32 years old. At the time that the father passed away, she was living with her husband, son and in-laws. And the father was still providing support to her at 32 years old. There was no reason, she's saying, there was no reason why my dad needed to do this for her. If an adult child is capable and able-bodied, why should the parent carry the burden of their financial well-being? The key word here is accountability. 
Should parents be focusing on teaching their children responsibility and accountability? If the parent is always there to support the child financially, what motivation does the child have to improve their career or earning ability? So I think that's that's crazy because 32, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> 32, <laughs> 30, if I'm 30, 30 I'm, at that point as a man, my hairline might be, I'm, I'm kind of getting a little white out there. So I'm, I'm sitting there like, hold on, so my hairline leaving and you giving me money too? No. And I feel so in my, wow, that's crazy. 32 really got me shocked, but in my opinion, I feel like at that point, you have to look at it as a different type of disability because I feel okay. like as a parent, you can disable your child. At 15 and at 16, you need to be telling your child, if you want this, you have to find a way to at least put something down. on. At that point, at 16, you now you have a spoiled child. At 17, <laughs> now you have somebody that's getting on your last nerve in the 18. They can't do for themselves. They have no idea how to make money. They don't know what money is. It's funny because in my friend group, literally, the, the, I don't know if y'all know who the rapper Lil Baby is, but there's a video. We was counting a whole bunch of money real fast. And I count money fast because when I was younger, that's, we would be doing, my mom would be doing donations or like PTA, and I'm just sitting there having to count money. So just that, like that mind of just being able to, oh, I can flip through 1200 and just like, that's a that's a skill. That's something that you don't don't teach a kid crazy, but you know, like that just that mindset. The difference between that and my mama gave me twelve hundred dollars <laughs> and wired it to my bank, and I'm even eighteen. I feel like if less is really really just needed, there's a limit to how much money you can ask it at one time without sounding extremely crazy, right? So what about when you, as a parent, you know you didn't. Let's say the parent knows they didn't teach their kids skills. Then there needs to be some responsibility on the parent to teach them. Or you just, like you said, the kids is now spoiled. And now you put yourself in a position where they rely solely on you. And do you ever, is there ever a time or opportunity where even in that case, you got to cut it off and say, okay, enough is enough. If you know that you've allowed them to depend on you more than they should and you didn't teach him teach them those things mm. so you know but i think as we are wrapping up we did have one final question that we wanted to pose right so how would you like for your kids to take care of you? So that's the question. So I'm going to start how I would like my kids to take care of me. If I was, you know, in a position where I, I'm assuming I don't have a husband, right? So like if there's nobody else to take care of me and I'm relying on my kid, I would want my child to at least make sure I was okay. Meaning make sure that whatever income I have coming in, right? If I can't, afford to pay those bills on my own for my child to consider moving me in. And I'm just saying what I would expect. So I would expect from my child to move me in if I'm just not physically able, meaning I'm on a fixed income and whatever. I just don't have enough for these bills and there's nowhere else that I can go realistically and pay and survive. Like I would expect my child if they can't afford to put me somewhere. Right. And there's no other program. All intents and purposes is nowhere else for me to go. I would expect for my child to move me into their house and provide a room for me to live and take care of me. I agree. I agree. I want my kids to take me in and let me live with them so I can eat all their food and run <laughs> up their bills. And, you know, no. But no, I would want them to take me in because if I'm still able bodied or whatever, I would be able, I, I'm getting a check. So I'm going to give to I'm not gonna give you all my money, but I'm gonna give you half of it to put towards, you know, helping you guys pay some bills because I will be running up most I'll probably be at home and so the bills and stuff are gonna go up. And so I would want to stay with, you know, my kids. I feel like I would want my child to do what I would do and that's take care of me. But I also Something in my head is always wanted to be put up, but in like a luxury way. So I feel like <laughs> if we if we making it, then I don't, I don't put me in that room. I don't I don't want that. I don't want the room that you had with those <laughs> storage room that used to have all the weird stuff up in there. And 
weird, weird, um, you know, like weird, just weird, random objects. So it just depends. If we got the money, put me in like a, a penthouse, give me some type of, give me some type of twenty four seven nurse or something like that. I'll be straight. I know how to make up for myself. But if, if there's no money, do not send me to a nursing home. The last option is a nursing home because I'm not gonna feel loved unless you're coming to see me every day. That's right. That's right. I agree. I agree. Well, I think this was good. I think that we 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 had a good conversation. Again, th this is one of those topics. There's all these different what ifs, all these different scenarios. What about this? What about that? So again, we could be here all day with all the what ifs and all of these different things. But I think for the most part, we we did cover the gist of what we wanted to talk about, talked about some different perspectives. And so does anybody have any final last minute comments? Follow us on our social media. Um, let's keep the conversation going. Yes. So if something that you hear or see resonates with you, please let us know. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Unapologetic and Free. We have a YouTube channel, Unapologetic and Free. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Unapologetic and Free. Whenever we share these videos, we always, or podcasts, we always give you the information in the show notes so you can find us. Um, we'd like to hear what you thought about the topic and what we said and any feedback that you want to provide. Um, and again, we always ask if anyone's interested in being a guest, if you have topic ideas, let us know. We'll see what we can do. All right. Well, thank All right. you. Everybody, it was nice seeing you. Talk to you later. Bye. 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 Be sure to share your thoughts and opinions about the episode. You can find us on Facebook at at sign up and free. We also have an Instagram page, unapologetic and free YouTube, unapologetic and free talk show. We're on TikTok. We're on Snapchat. You can't miss us again. If something resonated with you during this episode, please let us know. We want to hear from you.